welcome to the Entrepreneurial Odyssey. I'm Robert Alec, your host, and we tell stories about entrepreneurs and their journeys and their businesses. And today I'm here with Taylor. Taylor, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a delight to be here. Super excited to be a guest on the show. So what I do is I help business owners get back into why they got into business in the first place. So I work a lot with coaches and small business owners who wanted, who got into business to offer transformation and solutions. And then they had to deal with the capacity of business, right? You have to learn how to get good at business to be able to offer those transformation. And so what I do is I help those business owners get good at business, which is coincidentally also the name of my podcast, but get good at business so that they can get back to what truly matters, which is the transformation and solutions that they got into business for in the first place. Awesome. So it sounds like that's your elevator pitch and you've been practicing that for quite a while. Funny enough, uh, as business owners, we go through a lot of rebranding and things like that. So I started out as a transformational happiness mentor in my business and then moved to business coaching when a lot of my clients came to me and said, I'm so much happier in all areas of my life. Now, if I could just get my business where it needs to be. And I was running that I was running coaching tandem to 15 years in corporate leading and spearheading departments and organizational growth through marketing, operations, leadership, and strategy. So it was just like a perfect blend that my clients were seeking it. I have the skills and I was just like the secret life that I had. And so I shifted my business over to business marketing and, mm -hmm. and business coaching. And then three weeks ago, I really honed in on, okay, what do I help people do? And the get good at business really came from that. And I had a conversation with my best friend, as we do as entrepreneurs, like you, you have conversations with people and it shifts how you go forward on things. And I was like, right. look, I just, how do you concisely say, I help you in marketing, I help you in operations, I help you in leadership, I help you in strategy to really grow and scale your business, but also allow you to get back to what you got into business for in the first place. And mm -hmm. she said, you're just, you're just good at business. And I right. was like, that's awesome. That'd be an amazing, amazing direction to take and amazing hook, yeah. if you will. And so I went home and lo and behold, the website was available, like the URL, getgoodatbusiness.com was free and all of the social handles. So I've actually just rebranded in the last three weeks to shift more into the business direction than I had been previously. So I appreciate that you said it sounded like I was well-polished because it's a three-week-old thing. <laughs> yeah. The reason I said that is it's so important that you that you have that elevator pitch down because not only does it help people understand better what it is that you do, but you need to also have a clear understanding of what you do. And I think there's a lot of businesses, unless you're like a plumber or dentist, they know that they're working on teeth, but it's more like we help, a dentist could say, for example, we improve people's smiles. We improve people's way of life. It's boring in a marketing term to say we fix your teeth. That's that's really not what people come to the chair for is so that they can get drilled in their teeth. They come so they can have a better life, so they can uh, be more sociable, be proud of their smile. And that's, I think, where it's important that you have it down and say, I help people get better at business and these are the ways that we do it. And it's so important that businesses have a clear understanding, clear objective and know what that is. So I 100% agree. That's why I mentioned that. <laughs> Was there, tell me about like going back into some of the earlier times when you, you started, 
was there ever a situation where you just got to a point you said, oh my gosh, this is just isn't working. I've got to reinvent this whole thing, start all over. Did that ever happen or was it pretty clean cut the whole way? I am a big proponent and fan of iteration. And in fact, I have a, I have a content course called The Content Cure. And we have a whole module on the importance of iteration. And my clients who have taken it afterward are like, that was one of the most game-changing things, which is like, when you put something out there, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time, but you can iterate and make it better. And so when you think about things like the iPhone, mm -hmm. the iPod and the iPod shuffle were the predecessors to the iPhone, but there's, you're not running on an operating system on your old iPhone on iPhone one. We're on what, 15, 16 now, whatever it is. And that's yeah. because the proponents are the, the components are the same or improved, but the company has continued to iterate. There's no way you would buy an ancient iPhone and expect it to work for the modern age that we are in now. And I say ancient as in 20 years ago or whenever the first yeah. one came out. But my point is, is that even large organizations iterate. So for me, there's always been one constant and consistent, which is it's me and it's my knowledge and expertise here and my passion and my purpose to help people. But how it has been iterated has shifted and evolved. And I think it's mm -hmm. so important that as business owners, we understand that. But also there's a shift and an evolution when it comes to individualized campaigns or products where sometimes you hit that wall and you do have to go back to the drawing board. And one of mine most recently is I offer a $27 a month subscription, which is done for you content for life coaches sent to their inbox every single day with posts for Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and then TikTok scripts and launched it back in May to I, I had done a launch with a free webinar and a couple of other things and it went really well. Then I decided that it was time to move it into ads and expand it to a larger audience. It's a great low cost play in my packages, which is re it's really high value, low cost mm -hmm. to get new people coming in to be in my, my business's ecosystem. And if they get their content down, then the next thing is what's the evolution of their business. Now they're not spending all their time being a full-time content creator and having to do that. They can get back to what's important, which is why they got into business in the first place. And they can move on to additional marketing operations, leadership and strategy pieces, which I offer through other programs and services in my business. So right. we had started to run ads and we'd started running ads to the webinar and to the main landing page. And we were seeing a ton of clicks but not, and I was paying cost per click. We were seeing a ton of clicks to the website, but not a lot of conversions. And in fact, we had 500 people come to the website and not convert. So then we had to go back and look and go, okay, is it the landing page? Is it the ads obviously are working. So that's right. great. We don't have to worry about that so much, but let's go back and look at the landing page and see how we can optimize and how we can adjust. So then we did that and we relaunched and we still had a large amount of clicks, but not a lot of conversions. And our thought was, our being me and I also have a person who works on my website. So the two of us together are like, he's optimizing the website and the landing pages and I'm putting forth the ads and the content and we're really seeing how this needs to play. Mm -hmm. And I, we saw that still wasn't con converting. And so we, we started looking at, is it just that people don't know me? Cause it's a, it's a static image ad it had a smaller picture of me, didn't have my energy, didn't have me on video and those types of things. And it was either straight to the webinar 
which is a 30 minute webinar, which people don't have much time for anymore, or it was straight to the product itself. So we actually decided to revamp and to iterate the whole thing and move forward with three free offers. One's a guide on 13 topics you should be creating content around. The other one's five questions to ask to create endless content for your business. And then the third is defeating the great white, which is that blank space when you sit down to create a post and it's that blank white page on your mm-hmm. on your website or that blank white space on Facebook being like, share what's on your mind. Like, how do you defeat the anxiety that comes up with that and actually start creating business or content for your business? So we moved forward with that and saw and adjusted it to go for cost per impressions. And we also ran an ad campaign for cost per click and an ad campaign for cost per conversion. And conversions we saw were working better. So we paused the other two and we're like, great, now we're really getting some traction. And then found out that Facebook was showing 40 conversions, which I'm paying for in a very small period of time, like two days, 40 conversions in in two days, whereas my website was showing nine conversions in that same period. So we have a disconnect in attribution of what's happening here. And so full transparency, we haven't solved for that yet. I'm hoping that our website provider is making some adjustments and some changes so that it can actually start converting and and tracking conversions and give that attribution the way that we want. But in the meantime, we're still testing out some organic things and things like that to really push those freebies and provide the value to the coaches so that they can get good at business and back into what they want to do. But everything in business is an iteration. It's not a one done and okay, I'm successful for the rest of my life. Everything has to have that iteration, has to have that momentum. And even when you feel like you've hit that wall, there are, there's a million ways to get around the wall, right? There's climate, there's walk until you've got, you found a hole in it and you can go through it. There's dig under it. There's get a trampoline, jump over it, like whatever it is, but there's a million ways to get around that wall. And as business owners, entrepreneurs, it's up to us to find the way through the obstacles and iterate uh, whenever we need to. Yeah. Great advice. It's just constantly changing and adapting to not only the technology, but also to monitoring, like you said, if the ad is working, but the conversion is not working, then you've got to figure out how to adjust that conversion. If the ad's not working, the ad's not working if you're not getting clicks, right? Yep. So it's so important businesses to understand this whole concept of you run the ad. If the ad's getting clicks, then the ad's working. But if they're clicking the ad and they're not converting, not leaving a phone number or a message or calling you to make an appointment is probably because there's something wrong on the conversion side of it. It could be the message doesn't match the ad. could be you're not feeling the, the finding the need and filling that need in a way that they can relate to. So I think it's, uh, if there's anything to just glean from the things that you just talked about, it's so important to make sure that your ad and your conversion is all in sync, that everything's working properly. And then you then you start seeing more results. And then that's when you can start throwing more money into it. Until you get that working, you don't just want to throw a bunch of money into something and then find out it didn't work. So that's a mistake well, I think a lot of companies can make is they'll just say, I'm gonna buy five hundred dollars worth of ads and it's gonna be great. Well, and you bring up a really good point. So when I say forty people in two days, that may not seem like a lot when you're expecting 
thousands, hundreds of people coming through to your site from your ads, but that's because we were in testing phase. So I had a $20 a day limit. So two days, right. 40 people. But I also was looking at like my, my CAC, so my customer acquisition cost. And it was, it was a dollar or less to acquire a customer according to what I was paying for via the Facebook ads. And then I had nine. And so it was such a disconnect that it was like, oh my gosh, yeah, if we had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to really push this without having it fine-tuned, all of that would have been a complete waste because we're seeing double, triple the amount of people saying they're converting versus what we're actually seeing and gathering information on. That's a big disconnect that you've got to get worked out before you just jump in and say, cool, I'm running ads. Let's break this down a little bit more for our listeners. The first thing, obvious, is to create an ad. And I'm a fan of funnel hacking and click funnels and Russell Brunson. And I know that I'm talking about. And one of the things that he talks a lot about is you've got your hook and you've got your story and you have your offer. And that's how you, that's how you make money and get those conversions is they have to like that hook to click the ad. They have to like your story in order to be engaged with you. And whatever that offer is that you're offering has to fill that need and they have to like that. Or again, they're not going to sign up, call you, fill out that form, whatever, whatever it is that you want them to do. So let's start with the hook. How do you find a good hook? And, and just on the basic overarching concept, how do you develop a good hook? How do you know what that may or may not look like? Without testing, just these are the fundamentals of a good hook to get people yes. to so I have a methodology that's all my own. And funny enough, when I mentioned one of my freebies is like the five questions to help you create content as much as you need to, that's the five questions that I would use also to create a good hook. And so what it is, is it's an acronym, which I wish I had a better acronym for it, but I, if anybody listening, if you hear a better acronym for this, let me know. But what it is, is Q CAPS. So Q-C-A-P-S. And the first thing that you want to do is, A, you need to know your ideal audience, right? You need to know who you want to work with because that'll help you answer these questions and that'll help mm -hmm. you craft a compelling hook. Right. So the first one is Q, which stands for question, meaning what questions are my audience asking about this thing? Mm -hmm. And it could be about the product, but it's not... It's not questions about how do I use this product or how do I use this service? It's questions like, how if we look at the topic of self-confidence, and so let's say that you're working with a coach who's a self-confidence coach. What question are your clients asking about self-confidence? They're saying they're asking themselves, how can I get more confident? Mm -hmm. right? That's the question that they're asking. Or how come so-and-so is so confident and I'm over here, sweaty palms, shaking the mm -hmm. second anybody asks me a question? Right. So, what are the questions that they are talking to other people or asking themselves about the area that you solve for? Mm -hmm. That's the cue. C is concerns. So what are, what's the concern that they have around that area? So if we look at, again, let's use the same example of confidence. Concern is, is that they're, if they're single, maybe they're not dating very many people. They're not going to find love. They're worried, concerned that they're not going to find love because they get clammy and they, they're shy and they're introverted and people, how do, you, how do you show up that way? There's nothing wrong with being introverted and there's nothing wrong with being shy, but you can still have confidence in who you are and exude that if you're in the dating scene. Let's mm -hmm. look at another perspective. 
A concern could be that I'm getting passed up for promotions and salary increases at work because I am not perceived as someone who's confident in what they're doing because I don't speak up or because I get clammy and I feel my throat close up or whatever it is. But it's a concern that this thing, not having the confidence that I want, is now impacting these areas of my life. So these are the things I'm concerned about regarding that. The next one is A, which is aspirations. So what does your client wish? What do they aspire for it to look like instead? If we look at these examples again, if you want to be more confident, the, the aspirational viewpoint is, is that you show up, you're in that board meeting, somebody calls on you, or you raise your hand and start speaking without being called on, and you speak with confidence, your voice doesn't shake, and you've got great body language, and everybody comes up to you after the meeting is like, holy cow, that was such an incredible insight. Thank you so much for sharing. And you yeah. get you get the promotion, you get those things, right? So what's the aspiration? And then we look at what's the pain points? And you identify the pain points when you're looking at question and you're looking at concern, mm -hmm. but you also want to identify them again here. So what's the pain point? Pain point is, is that I'm worried I'm always going to be alone because I can't go get a date because I don't know how to show up authentically and confidently. The pain point is, is that I'm feeling stuck and stagnant in my job, et cetera. And then the last one is, is the situation, which we've also already highlighted. So situation being, you're not able to find a date or you're getting passed up at work. What's the situation here? And as you answer those questions, and as we have answered them throughout this example, you start to find gold nuggets, right? Hook being, then that starts to feed your hook. So your hook can be something like getting called on at work and your palms get sweaty, throat starts closing up, and you know that you're going to get passed up for that promotion. Here's three things you can do to solve that. Right. Starting to, and that's a little bit of a longer hook, but you're really starting to speak to that audience so that that hook is actually speaking to them, right? It's compelling. Oh my gosh, they raise their hand. That's me. Mm -hmm. And you want them to say, that's me. Then come to it, see the story, get the value, build that no and trust factor because now they feel like you know them. So therefore they know you. They right. like you because you're speaking to them. You're speaking their language. You understand where they're at. And then they trust you because you're providing value and offering a solution in those three ways to, to solve for that. And maybe one of those ways is the help with your program. And now they know and trust you and are able to move through to your actual offering. So I like to use those three questions, which again, it's my own framework and I wish I had a better acronym for it, but right. use those QCAPS questions to really help and support building a hook, building your marketing, building out a no interest factor and relationship with your audience. Yep. And that works perfectly for any industry. It doesn't have to be in coaching or confidence. Like you said, you're just talking about the dentist and are you embarrassed because of your smile or something like that? Those are things that will hook you, especially the people who are embarrassed with their smile. They're going to go, hey, that's me. And that's a target for a, for a dental you know, clinic. Or... So yeah, Let, just go back a little bit. The first thing you said, and you just briefly highlighted, so I just want to touch on it again, is you need to know your target audience first. Like you've got to identify who is your audience and then you go into answering those questions. So that was an awesome answer. Now let's talk about the story a little bit. You've got the hook, they click the ad, they're on your page or they're talking to you on the phone or whatever it is, listening to your webinar. How do you frame your story so that you can get people to like you, 
and have confidence in you because we're not talking about the offer yet. We, are, we haven't even talked about why they should hire you or, or I guess the story is more of why they should, but the offers, you haven't said how much it's going to be or what service you provide. So we're not there yet, obviously. So when we're talking about this story, the story is about getting to trust you, know you, let them know that you know them and that you are the right person to, to fill those needs. So let's talk a little bit about this story. Do you have a, you have an acronym for that one too? Or do you want to just <laughs> talk about it more subjectively? I wish I had an acronym for that. Really, what I like to do when it comes to the story is have them put themselves in your shoes. So if you look at, I'm going to say like about pages on websites, the best about pages aren't necessarily about the person. They are about the customer and how the person is like them or was like them. And right. so when you look at crafting the story, it's really, again, back to that ideal audience, you're able to say, and I'm going to stick with the confidence and we can also go back and forth between the dentist example too, yeah. right? But essentially it's this, let's go with the dentist for a second. <laughs> let's say that I was crafting my story about going to the dentist. I see so many women who do closed mouth smiles for their family pictures because they're yeah. embarrassed about their teeth. I too was once embarrassed about my teeth until I went and got them whitened at da 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 da, right? Mm -hmm. And from right. there, I started to see that I exuded more confidence. I loved my pictures so much better. And my client, insert name here, she found that, and then insert her pain points, what questions she was asking, her concerns, and how she came out on the other side. And now we have X, Y, Z, like you can keep on building on it, but it's applying how you use this. It's speaking to them and their language and their pain points. And then you can also continue to gain trust, even if it's not through your own stories, through client stories and client successes. And really it's about building up that, you've got to get real. And obviously for the dentist one, video podcast, I have a big smile and I actually have never been one of those people who doesn't doesn't smile always, <laughs> right. but I, I've seen several people that have, and it's because they've been embarrassed about their teeth. And so if I was going to lean into that and share how me as a dentist could really help you embrace and love your smile, right? I would definitely lean in onto my client success stories since I don't have experience in that myself. Mm -hmm. I would lean into my client success stories and really use those to highlight and build the trust and the repertoire between right. my potential client and the services that I offer. Now, when it comes to the confidence thing, that's another area where I think in a coaching capacity and less of a product service that's mass, more mass appeal like dentist, dentistry, if you're looking at like a coaching program or things like that, the coach can say, I, I if they have been in integrity, of course, but I have been one of those people. And I learned these tips and techniques to help me do this and really weave it as a story. And as we look at things like, and the QCAPs help set this up, but as we look at things like the, the story arc, right? The customer brand. One of the things that you wanna do when it comes to a story is create a villain. Yeah. And that villain doesn't need to be and shouldn't be the customer. So when right. you look at something like, like uh, confidence, how do you, like, the villain is the fact that your, is your self-doubt. 
Okay, so the villain is the self-doubt, not you as a person. But when you can start to play up in your story that there's a villain to overcome, now people can even relate further because you're speaking their language, you're talking to the things that are their pain points, that are their concerns, you're speaking to the aspiration of where they are, and you get to be the guide to help them overcome and defeat whatever that villain is. And I can share, and actually, we've been sharing kind of examples through, but I don't do dentistry or self-confidence. I'll share with my own. So one of the areas that I help business owners and coaches through is creating content for their business. And so when, when I have that webinar that I'm offering for free that I've cut down in my iterations to like 20 minutes, in that it's called defeating the great white, right? We've already talked about that. That white space that causes that anxiety, that doubt, that great white is the villain in the story. So how do we defeat the great white, come out on the other side and have the amazing life that we have? We do it through these couple of things. And by the way, my product can help solve this as well. So you give the tools and the, the pieces to equip and guide using, I believe it's called, do I have it here? I do. Donald Miller's story brand method. So he has a book called Building a Story Brand, which is excellent for helping build stories to help support that know and trust factor. But one of those is now you have a common enemy, that villain that's keeping them stuck that you as the guide know how to defeat. Yep. Yeah, that uh, story brand, you can uh, even just get that on Audible. And I think on Audible alone, it has around 11,000 reviews. So there are a lot of people listening and reading that book. It's a very, very good book if, if, for those of you who haven't read it, it or listened to it. Yeah, it is amazing. All right, so we have a hook, which are the, the, the questions, the concerns, the aspirations, the pain points, and the situations. We, we, we've talked about that. And then we have the story, which kind of also addresses some of those cue caps and yep. helps you to relate to the business or to the potential customer, potential client, potential patient, whatever it is. So now we've built trust. They feel like, hey, this person really gets me. They understand what I need. And I feel like I can trust my smile to them. I can trust my confidence over them. I can trust my content to them. Now you have to get to the next point, which is the offer, which you have to craft in a way that people just can't say no to. So let's talk a little bit about that offer how do you structure an offer to make sure it that meets the needs of the person and they just can't say no to your offer so q caps man i love it so you want to be the the offer answers their questions it alleviates their concerns it allows them to step into their aspirations it understands and solves the current situation they're in and it makes sure that those pain points are non-existent so really when you know the q caps you know how to craft an offer that supports that now the way to make it a no-brainer there's just no way they would absolutely there's absolutely no way they would say no right the no-brainer is what you add in on top of that and your pricing strategy so you'll see a lot of people will offer bonuses and things like that as well to really boost the value. It's already high value, but how do you boost even more value? So it's, wow, I'm getting all of this. There's no way that I would say no to that. And then additionally, when you look at your pricing structure, knowing your audience, knowing where they're at, what they'd be willing to pay is a huge piece of that. Now, I don't like when it comes to pricing strategy, especially because I, I do work with a lot of coaches. And the coaching range is massive. There is no industry standard per hour and based on your experience. It's, it's just wide open. 
And so that is a look at what do you, what's the value of what you provide? What are your clients willing and able to pay? Able to pay is being huge. And what makes it so that it makes it a sustainable business for you? So I'm going to, I would keep on using my, my content accelerator as an example here. So in the content accelerator, it's $27 a month, right? That's a no brainer in price alone. Get content sent to your inbox every day for four platforms for less than a dollar a day. Why wouldn't I? And then I've added a couple of bonuses to that that are in a set of you get hot seat mentoring so that you can get your questions answered. You can ask your questions and get real time help and other people can learn from your questions as well. And then also a guide on, funny enough, telling stories when it comes to the social platform specifically. So the LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That's what I offer in my offering. But right. that alone with my pricing structure and everything else makes a lot of sense. Now on my business side, which has no correlation to the audience, but on the business side, I know that 1,300 people coming into the Content Accelerator, which is perfectly able to scale towards, right? 1,300 people coming in per month is $35,000 a month. Now, if I count for a 10% attrition rate, which industry average for attrition and subscription boxes and things like that is six to 8%, I'm bumping it up to 10. I have team members to pay, so my overhead expenses and things like that. But with attrition and it being a subscription, and if I was able to bring in, when I'm able to bring in, because we've paused ads, the 1,300 new clients in that per month, plus those that are remaining for the remaining months because a subscription is new content for them every single day. Mm-hmm. By the end of a 12-month period, that's $2.7 million in revenue, $1.8 in profit. Right. So when you look at pricing structure, which I think is such an important part of any offer. You want to do it in a no-brainer, but also make sure it's scalable and sustainable. Now, the other piece of this is, is that you want to be able to know your audience. I've been playing with the idea of it's $27 a month, which is a no-brainer price. But I want to test and play with changing it. So running two different campaigns and changing it to $47 a month because it's such high value that I believe my clients... And again, we're going to test fully on the 27 and then start looking at pricing strategy and structure even further, right? Mm -hmm. But I believe that my clients see could see the 27 and go, oh, maybe it's not that great of content. But if it's 47, it's still a no-brainer price. They're a little bit more invested because there's some more skin in the game. And Mm -hmm. it it shows the value that it offers. So there's so many pieces when it comes to an offer. But for me, that pricing strategy, that scalability, and then being able to make it as no-brainer as possible through what you're offering with it is a huge part of being able to be successful with your offers. And then, like you said, it all comes down to testing, too. Test the different hooks, test the different stories, test different offers. And you may drive them to several different pages with different offers and different stories to see which one works Try different ads. They call that A-B testing. So you've talked about that too, which is awesome. Yeah, I, it really does come down to people need to perceive that the value is there as well. And sometimes if you're too inexpensive with your services or products, that can shy people away. And I think that that's, some people get so hooked on the fact that I've got to cut prices. I've got to cut prices. I've got to be less than my competitor or people won't me when in fact it can be very opposite in, in, in some regards where you want to be the most expensive person in your in your space and then that makes people go why why is that why are they so expensive? why are they cost a little bit more so great well, great advice there 
I love that you bring that up too, because my content accelerator is my introductory offer where mm-hmm. it's to get as many new business owners, the support and help they need for building content and to get them in the ecosystem and a familiarity so that when their content takes off now, that's okay. I got to get the next level of my marketing in place. I got to get my operations in place. I've now got a higher team. I got to be a leader strategically. How do I scale and grow? And that is where I offer a, a program that I have not seen anyone else offer. That doesn't mean that they don't, but I haven't seen anyone mm-hmm. else offer it. And to my region and to the people that offer anything that's could be considered close, I am five times more expensive. Right. And I sell out of those every single month. They're a limited thing. And I sell out of those every single month because they are such high value. So much gets done in that day. So it's a VIP day. It's called the quantum mm-hmm. power day. And mm-hmm. we break down all the things that you need to get done for your business to really propel and, and finish those. Right. So it's not coaching and being like, I left with more homework than it came with. It's we actually get things done and your business is moved into the future 90 days from six hours of working with each other. That's more than worth what I I charge for it. But I see other coaches who are doing VIP days and it's all just coaching and they're charging significantly less. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. You're not getting the tangible crunchy, physical, I got this done and now my business is prepared to just completely launch, you're still working through it. So the pricing there really shows the value. Whereas if I was charging what other coaches were charging, you'd almost come to those those days and be overwhelmed because the expectation isn't matching the price. Yep. Yep. No, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's just been incredible to see some of the things that you're doing and how you're building your business and how you help other people build your business. And what's so funny is we've just barely scratched the surface, just even on kind of marketing concepts. We haven't even talked about the paid ads and the targeting on the ads and how to make sure that you're getting in front of the right people. So you're not wasting your money. And what they say, casting pearls before swine, I think that's a biblical term, but you've got, if you're going to be creating ads and paying for ads, you want to make sure those ads get in front of the right people. And then, of course, like you said, track the conversions and making sure your hook, your story, your offer in place and that they're good. And then when you start converting and then you start getting more clients, that's when you can start ramping up your ad spend because it's working, right? To really know and understand your audience, my Mm -hmm. recommendation is, is like before starting to run ads, you should be able to make anywhere between three to $5,000 a month from your organic posting before running into ads. And here's why, right? That indicates that you know your audience, they're buying from you, you've got good hooks, you've got good content, like everything is lining up so that you know this is successful. And then you can take that, apply it to ads and expand it to that ideal demographic and that targeting at a rapid and accelerated rate. And so instead of spending the money and trying to figure out the targeting and trying to figure out those pieces, if you're making three to $5,000 organically, then you can partner with somebody who knows all about ads and now you're off to the races. And when you say organically, you're talking about things like TikTok videos, Instagram videos, Facebook reels, Facebook posts, and all those kinds of things, right? Yep. Anything that doesn't have a paid measurement behind it. There's organic and there's paid. So like you can do a TikTok video that can be a paid video on TikTok, but that's considered a paid ad. So anything that's organic, meaning you are creating content and you're not boosting that post, there's no money behind it and you're getting engagement and you're getting clients from it. And so to reiterate what you're saying is 
if I create a TikTok ad that's so good that people are sharing it and liking it, I'm getting a lot of views, that's a video that you might want to put some money behind. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing too, is when you're looking at an organic strategy, you are posting things to connect with your audience that's not getting paid. So as soon as you do have something that really connects and you're like, holy smokes, like this is taking off and I haven't put any money behind it, you want to really add gas to that fire. You take mm -hmm. that same thing and you put it towards an ad and boom, now you're really connecting with an audience that you might not have had the opportunity to expand to in an organic play. So real quickly, we've hit just a little bit on marketing, which is probably a just a percentage of the things that you're helping people with. So just real quick, go through what are some of the other things that you help businesses learn and achieve to grow? Yeah, so I, I've touched base on it a little bit. So marketing is a huge component of it. Operations is also huge. Strategy and leadership. And frankly, I use, I'm all about acronyms, apparently. I like <laughs> to use an acronym called IMOVE. So what it stands for is Intuition, Marketing, Operations, Velocity, and Execution. And so the idea is, is as business owners, we've all done step-by-step, step, here's the plan, follow through, I listened to a guru, I did exactly how they said, and the campaign falls flat on its face. Mm -hmm. And then what starts happening is you're like, what's wrong with me? It worked for so-and-so, did I miss something? Maybe I'm not meant to be in business, and it just spirals downward. And so I don't start the move method as the move method, I start it as I move because intuition and alignment are the first part of that. So right. really helping business owners feel their way into, intuitively connect into what makes the most sense for their business. And then we look at how we can market that, how we can set up operations to facilitate that kind of growth and scale from the marketing happening. Then that actually gives us velocity and momentum in our business and we're able to execute with ease. So I'd love to share an example of that. One of the, so I mentioned I do quantum power days. So I had a client come in for my quantum power, for a quantum power day. And we had on her list that she wanted to create a course. So we're on like, it's six to eight things, like I mentioned. And we get to the point where it comes to create a course. Now I do four quantum power days a month with various entrepreneurs. And I've built out with them multiple courses. So this is not... It's not hard and it's something like once we tap in, like we are just, we're off to the races. But I had the feeling like anytime that she would talk about creating this course, mm -hmm. her body language would shrink. And so I asked her, I said, do you feel like you want to create a course or do you feel like you should create a course? Right. And she said, you know, I feel like I should because I, the, the additional revenue and da, 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 da. And I said, wait a minute. Let's be clear here, just because you build a course, it's not build it and they will come. You're going to have to launch this course. You're going to have to market it with the same energy that you would anything else. And you've got to be excited about it and empowered by it. And the time that it takes you to build this course, although we can get most of it done here today, right? It's still, there's so much energy and marketing and things you've got to put behind it to actually make it successful. So do you want to build a course or do you think you should build a course? Because if you think you should, that's the first reason not to do it. Right. And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not that excited about it. And I don't want to put all that into it to make it successful. I'm like, great. I think we put that on the back burner. Yeah, that's right. not saying you won't ever do a course, but let's put it on the back burner and let's keep it warm. And 
when you're ready to do a course, it's there. And maybe you just always add it as a bonus, a supplemental piece to what you're selling. And that would be amazing. But let's put it on the back burner and let's figure out what you really want to do with your business. Right. And she was like, I love one-on-ones and I've done a couple of retreats with other people and I kind of want to. And she, her body gets excited. Her voice changes. She goes, I want to host a retreat. Right. And I'm like, awesome. Let's do yeah. that. And then there's the business side of it. It's okay. So the time that you would have put into creating a course and then selling it at a certain price point versus having 10 people come to your retreat, one of those takes a long time to gain profit. And the other one has a $20,000 profit margin for three days worth of an engagement with your custom, ideal customer. Like right. that's, that's easy to see which one and her energy and her, she's wanting to market that. She's going to market that until it sells out because she's not drained by having creating it or drained by marketing because she thought she should do it. And right. so in that, we were able to kind of like, I was able to help her tap into her intuition and, and understand what she really wanted. And if she wanted to do the course, we would have done it. That wouldn't have been a problem, right? right? But she wanted to do the retreat. So then we started looking at how do we market the retreat? Operationally, what does the retreat look like? Who needs to be there? What's cost of food? What's cost of the retreat facility? What's all these pieces? Let's build the agenda. That's our operations. Then from there, she's gotten so much velocity from that, that she's executing no problem. And she's been marketing it for, so we met for six hours. She's been marketing it for two weeks and she has only two spots left. She's practically sold out. Wow. And it's huge. And so when you look at how do you move forward and what the, to answer your question originally of like, how do I help people? right? It's really within that I move method, but there also is a sense of leadership and a strategy component that comes into that. But my biggest thing is no matter where you're at in business, whether you're just starting out or you're a leader in what I call enterprise startups, which are companies that are one to three years old that are already valued at millions. I've worked with clients in those arenas as well. And wherever you're at, inevitably your business is going to need to get things done you're going to need to be able to create content and market. You're going to need to be in on your operations. You need to, you need that momentum, that velocity to keep going, and you need to be able to execute. And all of that can be supported through alignment with your intuition, which across that board, that's what I help people with. That's awesome. I can just see right now people rewinding and, okay, what was that I move again? I got to hear that. Okay. <laughs> so as long as we're on acronyms, I'll share, you, I'll, I'll share an acronym that I developed, right? So yeah. Now, now tell you my acronym. All right. So mine is DRIVEN, D-R-I-V-E-N. So D is determine a course of action. You have to make that decision. If you're not making a decision and you don't know what it is that you're doing, you're not going to get very far. So you've got to, you've got to make that determination and that decision. R is responsibility. You need to take responsibility to make sure that whatever it is that you're working on happens. You can't make excuses, pawn it off on other people. And then you have I if you are going to take responsibility to act on the decision that you've made, then you need to invest your time wisely and money, right? So if you're watching Netflix all night, you're really not getting what you need to get done in order to get to whatever that, that goal, that end goal is. Then V is vision. Have a clear vision of what it is that you want so you can see it in your mind. You know what it is that you're after. That'll definitely help you get to whatever that goal or that result is. E, put energy into what you do, which you've talked about already, how important that energy is. And then N, if you got all this stuff in place, you determine what you're gonna do, you're taking the responsibility, you're investing your time wisely, you have a clear vision, you're willing to put the energy, when do you start? Start now. So that's my driven formula. So if you're listening, you should 
check it out along with iMove. Can you just tell me how can how do you want people to get a hold of you to get more information about what you do and, and, and get in touch with you? So yeah, the way to get a hold of me is really simple. Follow my hook of getgoodatbusiness.com. And if you go to get good, getgoodatbusiness.com, you'll find resources, blog posts, podcast episodes, et cetera, to really help you get good at business. And from there, you can click around and learn more about me, my service offerings, and how I can help. There's also links to my, so- my socials there. But if you Google Taylor Proctor or get good at business, I should come up and I'd be happy to help however I can, whether it's through free resources or if you want to get things moving forward in your business definitely can help in those areas as well. Perfect. Any last words, anything that you want to leave our audience with before we go? Yeah, I think that we've talked about a lot of things today. And when you look at marketing and our acronyms and paid ads, and even the small percentage that we've discussed, it can start to feel overwhelming. Oh my gosh, I don't I don't know what to do or that's so many moving parts and pieces. Plus, I've got to be good at what I'm actually in business to do. I, my suggestion is to take a breath and take it one step at a time. Any action is better than no action. And using resources like this podcast or like myself or Rob to help support you, we are here to do that. And so don't get overwhelmed. You've got this. Take action and reach out for help if you need it. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. That was an awesome interview. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome.